What's up, everybody? I am Levi with the Veritas 21 podcast. Today, I have Sam Jimenez with me again, and we will be talking about preparing for marriage. Um, kind of both of our experiences going through, uh, you know, maybe singleness. I know Sam's now in a relationship now, and uh, we definitely do not have an outline here. We're just free balling it completely. How you doing, Sam? I'm really good. I'm excited that we're doing this again. I'm back. I, I'm glad to be here because well, I had such good responses for the people who listened to the last episode that we did together. So if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that one, you got to go listen to that one. And yeah, you're right. This time we're kind of just, we're going to freestyle this one because you and I have a lot in common. We don't agree on everything per se, but we definitely have similar views, but completely different backgrounds. So right. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I think, um, you know, over the last year and a half, it's almost, well, yeah, it's been a year and a half. I've been single and, uh, I've gone through a lot of up and downs, um, whether that was emotionally, mentally, uh, sometimes I guess you could probably say physically, I, uh, didn't like to get out of bed sometimes, you know, I, I went through a, a, a spurt of depression and then rising above that and experiencing kind of um, some of my personal needs that I never realized that I had um, prior to uh, going through singleness and maybe through having this conversation, maybe uh, some listeners will take something from that and maybe be able to apply it to their lives. I'm going to try and get more into the psychology behind things as opposed to just personal experience. Um, but again, we, we don't have an outline, but, um, the first thing I want to hit on, yo, is, uh, you know, developing into like a point where you enjoy your alone time, right? Like developing healthy hobbies and habits. Uh, for me personally, um, I, until I was 26, I had never read a chapter book before. Uh, I, and, and I got into uh, reading a book by Ryan Holiday called Ego is the Enemy. And through reading that book, I, I really learned that, you know, a lot of my relationship issues has always been predicated on my ego. You know, how do I handle myself in a, in a conversation? How do I handle myself in a argument? And how do I uh, uh, handle those emotions that I'm feeling at that time and being able to really uh, take control of those emotions where I know I'm feeling this way right now, but what do I need to do? to kind of get away from that. Uh, Sam, you know, what, what are some things that you've experienced? I like that we start off with ego as the enemy, Ryan Holiday, because that was a game changer for me. Yeah. Ego is the enemy. I recommend to a lot of people. And it's, a, it's an easy read. It's a short read. It's a good introduction to, like you said, separating how you respond to things with the actual situation. You know, really being conscious of, is this something that I'm responding to out of, obviously, my ego? Or is this something that I'm responding to logically? So I think reading had a really big uh, help in me being able to develop myself. I, like you, was single for a good while. I was single a little longer than, than you are now. I was single, I want to say, for close to three and a half years, maybe four years. I had been in a long-term relationship from when I was 18 years old until I was 22, and then I spent 22 to 25 being single. So yeah, this was about four years, and recently got into a relationship, and thank God for that, because you know I got into a mindset that I said, you know what, God, if what my path is is to be single and serve you, then 
I will do it gladly. You know, I was I was a little bit sad, a little disappointed that, I, you know, I'm looking at the clock. Okay, it's been four years of being single. It would be nice to have somebody special in my life. But if that's not the path, then what I what I learned to do was develop myself, get really involved in what I could change without um, putting blame onto other people as far as why am I not in this relationship that I see other people in? Do I deserve to be happy? And really flipped that conversation to what can I do to develop myself and being able to be a healthy individual that I could find somebody, I could develop that relationship with just, you know, who I am as, as um, my, my genuine self. And a lot of that had to do with creating healthy habits, going to the gym. I didn't grow up, um, you know, that being a big part of my life. I was very into music and reading. So um, being phys- physically healthy was something that I had to learn on my own. And, you know, that's a good that's a good place to start also because it develops a healthy schedule, a healthy mindset. And I was able to really focus on myself instead of rushing into a relationship because that's the last thing you want to do it's easy to do but you don't want to rush into a relationship for the sake of not wanting to be lonely which happens but you want to focus on the bigger goal at the end and for you and me I think we we have that similarity as far as wanting to really assess our minds and is this the ego that's responding or is this me and wanting the goals that I have in front of me. Right. And I really liked what you said there about, um, about giving your life to God. Right. Um, be, and, and, and maybe for you, I don't know if it, if it's the same for you, but through reading ego is the enemy. I pet so, so I went to Barnes and Noble and I'm like, I got to pick out some books. I got to start reading. I got to do something. You know, I can't lay here in my bed all day and be depressed, be sad and all that good stuff. I got to start reading a book, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to pick up a devotional. I picked up a, a daily devotional and then I, I was walking by. There's ego is the enemy. It's on the shelf. I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting. And I, I'm like, man, I bet that's like a secular book. And I'm like, I want to protect my mind, you know, with my Christianity and everything. I want to protect my mind from allowing a, a, you know, a secular view in and this and that. And, and then I, and then I really got to thinking about it. And I'm like, no, I need to have some level of, of openness. And so, so I opened it up and there's just a few quotes, you know, from like Marcus Aurelius and, uh, uh, I, I, I can't even say it. Epictetus, is that correct? Epictetus, another uh, philosopher. And so, so I, I was like, man, actually, these, these quotes like really, really resonate with me. And I'm like, man, I, I got to pick up this book. So I picked up that book and then I picked up 48 Laws of Power. Still working through that book. That one's a, that one's a big one. But yeah, uh, that'll I, take I, some time. But <laughs> yeah, um, but but, you know, that was like um, I, I opened that up and, and I think I read it in, in like a week and a half. And like I said, I never read a, a full chapter book before. And um, through reading that, I, it really actually made me dig deeper into my relationship with God and how I need to examine myself, not so much just on the relationship level, but examine my, my placement with God. Because right now in, in today's culture, and Sam, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but um, in today's culture, there's a lot of the push of like self-esteem and, and love. And, and I, I, I think, you know, there's self-love culture. Right. Right. And, and that's one thing, like people say, you got to learn to love yourself before you can love somebody else. 
Well, I, I don't think that that's necessarily correct. That's like saying that, you know, as a child, you would have had to have loved yourself as a child before you ever could have loved your mom or your dad. That makes no sense. You inherently love your mother and father. And so um, I, I, I think, you know, there's this innate desire with e within each one of us, whether it's male or female or whatever background you have, is that we all want relationships. And if we all want relationship, then we all sincerely want love. But that's also biblically from the um, from the desire to be closer to the supreme being, right? To to be closer to God, and and so in, in a relationship, yeah, we 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 want that. Yeah, we want love. But when the the focus, and, and this is something that I've really been battling through over the last nine months, and maybe it kind of came from that that Ego is the Enemy book a little bit. Um, not that the Ego is the Enemy talked about this at all, but just my perspective and reflecting back on it was, you know, where does my ego fall into that self-love? Do you have any ideas on that? Because I, I, I'm just rattled by that. Well, yeah, because we're surrounded by this like self-fulfillment that happens so quickly that the idea of having to really work toward or really sacrifice, I think is a better word, towards wanting a relationship, it seems frustrating. It's like so drawn out because there's so much available to us, especially for women. I can only speak from a woman's perspective, you know, social media has allowed that and um, dating apps uh, have allowed women you know a larger a larger uh space of men that are available to them at whatever time and a lot of attention so even um just in general though i think that it does require a level of patience for each and every one of us and that's a separating factor for people like you who want to really learn about themselves and what is required of having a relationship and a good foundation for a healthy relationship as you're preparing for it versus, you know what, this person's giving me some attention, they may not have the best qualities or have the same long term goals or plans that I do. But those people that are listening or people who are finding out, you know, who are going into Barnes and Noble and finding the ego is the enemy book, just like you did, and I did, you know, it's going to be a separating factor for you to distinguish yourself from how other people perceive themselves because you know you're you know you're looking for something more you're looking for something deeper you're having you're looking for something that has more fulfillment than just the average like tinder date that now i'm not mm -hmm. saying you know i'm not gonna jump the gun and you know how you know it's pretty early for me to be throwing some controversial views but you get what i'm saying no, I mean throw out the controversy. That's what's that's what's good with the polarity. I mean, we're we're like what three or four minutes in. We're we're good. Yeah. We're good. You know, we we softened them up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, and and I I think that that was extremely important. Was like here I am. Like, and this isn't for everybody, but where I was at in my depression was, I felt like it was selfish. Um, because here I am, you know, I, I come from a family of, of four brothers and five sisters and uh, massive family. Everybody cares about me. Everybody loves me. They want what's best for me. And then here I am laying in my bed, soaking in on, on my own personal emotions instead of really being um, content with not being 100% happy, but also wanting the best for me. Um, and, and so then it was like, well, how do I develop past that? How do I develop 
in this in this moment of of depression and i think i think a lot of people really um struggle with that and it is it is hard it's not meant to be easy like mm-hmm. i i i seriously learned through all of that was life is a battle yo and i'm at war and so i got i got to be a warrior i got to show up when I'm not feeling good, I still got to show up. You know, I still got to wake up and go to work. Like, like all of our lives, you know, we're, we're raised to think that, that life is easy. Like, just make it as easy as possible. You know, money's going to make it easy. Fame is going to make it easy. Um, you know, convenience mm-hmm. is going to make it easy. And once you attain some of those things, for me, like I bought a house when I was 20. You know, I, I, have, I have nice things. I have this awesome studio. I have a phenomenal job and career and all of those things. I'm still laying in bed and I'm still not happy. And, and I, I just found that fascinating that here I am in, in this, in this moment, I got all these people around me. They love me. They want what's best for me. I got all of these things that I was told were going to fulfill me and make me happy. And yet I'm still laying here contemplating my own life, you know? And, and, and then there's that, desire for love there. Like, why don't I feel loved? Or maybe it's just that I'm taking the love that I do have for granted. So Mm -hmm. how do I grow? Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Our love can really be uh, displayed in different ways than we perceive it or the way that we believe that we deserve it. So yeah, I think that 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 can really have a way of messing with us because we can still be receiving love from all different people they could be family members or non-family members but then we're still upset that we don't have the relationship like the partner that we Mm -hmm. that we have instead of focusing on you know what that may come down the road but at least today what i have are the people who do appreciate me the people who do reach out and ask me if i'm doing well you know so that that's important i'm glad that you said that yeah and uh you know after a, a relationship I don't know if you knew this, Sam, but a man is nine times more likely to commit suicide after a, re- a breakup in a relationship, which is, I didn't a, know that. which is a staggering statistic. I, I think, you know, I, and, and when I heard that, of course I was listening to Jordan Peterson, that's who I heard it from. Um, but when I heard that, I really got to thinking about why, you know, why um, do I feel a need for a um, loving relationship with a woman. Why do I feel that need? Uh, and maybe this is going to sound weird in the way I'm going to say it, but, but it's almost like, you know, my mom had that feminine love as a child. And so, yeah, I got all these, all these guys and I got all these people around me, but there's, there's like that next level of love of, of intimacy with, with a new woman that, now it's not like my mom is is the only woman in my life, right? Now it's the woman that is supposed to be my partner and and hold my hand through the difficult times in life. But then as a man, what's my responsibility there? And the, so 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 that was that was the next move, right? And so started looking into into um, some of the things that I need to grow on, and that comes down to you know finances. That comes down to that mentality, the self-awareness, um, the inner confidence. But I never knew any of that until I got to the point where I was like, you know what? This is totally out of my hands. I want to be loved. 
I want a wife. I want all of these things with her. I want a family. But right now, the reason why I don't have that is because God's still at work on me. And I need to be completely content in that position. So it, it, the, the worldview is the, the contentness of self, being content with yourself. And for me, it wasn't me being content with myself, but rather being content in my relationship with God and what he <laughs> desires of me. And that's where I really, um, I, I re- like I said about self-love, it just rattles my mind because it kind of is contradictory to that because it leaves God out of the picture. And I'm like, do I want the woman that I want or do I want the one that God wants for me? Right. Those can be two completely different scenarios. I'm sure that if you think about the person you are today, the woman that you envision as like your dream woman versus maybe like a year or even six months ago, that is still evolving. You're like, you know what? That probably, I learned my lesson with that. I probably don't want that. And now this is, this is going to bring more value to your life versus somebody who you thought six months ago or a year ago was going to be a better fit for you. So yeah, as long as we're allowing God to constantly work on us, that's something that I, that helped me a lot too was that I probably wasn't ready for me to be in a relationship a year ago. I was still, I'm still developing, still growing today. But, you know, a year ago I was really growing in my faith and I needed to do that on my own. I I could have done it with somebody in my life, but at the time the purpose was for me to be prepared for today, for the present, to be able to do it with another person, to have the responsibility of another person versus a year ago I really needed to focus on how I was going to develop myself to be ready for now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, so what are some of the things that you go through now that, um, in the relationship that you feel are, are like growing points for you or, uh, a a place where, where you're still developing into that? I wouldn't say so much as I'm still developing it right now. I'll, I'll say this, the things that I learned while I was single, because I was single for, I want to say like, four years, I really developed a scent, like a routine, a solid routine. And I want to say this before anything else, we are both big Jordan Peterson fans yeah. and the 12 rules for life book, the actual 12 rules, the one that sticks out to me as we're having this conversation is how you treat yourself. You want to, I don't want to say word for word cause I don't remember it. I don't have it in front of me, but he's saying that you want to treat yourself like you would treat a friend. So I imagine the times where I was in a really low, dark place and I had to really look at myself and and I would have this guilt. Why am I not in the place where I want to be? Why don't I have or have accomplished the things that I want to accomplish? And it would be like this self-fulfilling like idea that I had in my mind, right? They say a self-fulfilling prophecy. I would say, oh my gosh, why am I not here? And instead of working on a plan, uh, I would still be upset or frustrated or angry with myself for not having accomplished those things yet. So when I started looking into these things, the Jordan Peterson rule really sticks out to me because that's something that you can reflect on. In your lowest moments, you wouldn't treat your friend 
and tell them, you know what, why aren't you here? Why You wouldn't want to give them an even harder time or guilt trip them about things that they haven't done. Instead, focus on what you can do. Focus on the things you, you have done. You're a strong person. You've been able to do this and you're still here and you still want to do more. That's a completely different conversation than the one you're probably having with yourself with being frustrated that you're not in the place that you want to be. Just because you're not there right now doesn't mean you can't be in six months from now if you just you know focus one percent a little bit a little bit each day to get to that next level so that that and was a game changer. I, I i like that you you said you know the the one percent each day and that is that's a great philosophy to carry throughout somebody's life um because oftentimes people get anxious about the end goal and it's so big it's so hard to obtain but really, I mean, it's just like you when you go to the gym, you know, you're developing resiliency and discipline going every single day, knowing that every single time you look in that mirror, you aren't maybe exactly where you want to be up to that point. But over time, it's that 1% each day showing up, disciplining yourself and resiliency through the maybe the, the thoughts that you're not quite where you want to be. But knowing that if I show up every day, it will eventually happen. You know, I, I actually, you know, personal development, I actually find that interesting because a lot of times they say like to, um, let's say like the podcast, you know, they say it takes three years of like grinding day in and day out before you ever start seeing any type of results, whether that's with viewership or with, um, or, or, or with, with any type of money or anything that, that can support you financially, but it's applicable to, to what, a person is doing to prepare themselves for marriage because you got to show up every day. You got to, you got to learn to be so self-aware that, yeah, I don't look great in the, in the mirror today, but I know that if I continue and knock off that 1% each day, that I'm going to get to where I want to be. And, um, and, and again, this also comes back, uh, let, let's talk about patience a little bit. Because uh, a lot of people, you know, it's like the excitement. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And so they meet somebody that seems halfway decent, but they're willing to compromise their morals to be with them or at least a standard. I mean, that's a that's a very dangerous spot. What do you think about that? You got to be really careful. But I understand, you know, it's it's tempting because you finally meet a person that you can see yourself with or, you know, right at the beginning of a relationship where, or just in relationships in general, right? We have these blinders on and sometimes you're willing to compromise. And sometimes what seems like a small compromise turns into a big compromise. So having the, having the backbone at the beginning that you have your standards, these are your morals. And if somebody isn't, isn't with it, you got to know you're confident in yourself that you can move on and it might take you a little bit of time to recover or find somebody else, but being willing to risk that, but you're taking a risk no matter what you do. You're taking a risk whether you do it or you don't do it. Whether you jump into right. a really new relationship where you stay single, it's a risk either way. It's about how your perspective is on either one. Yeah. And I, I think a good way to live life is, is, Always look at the decision that you can make. And if you make that decision, are you going to regret it later? Or if you don't make that decision, are you going to regret it later? 
Um, because I, I think, you know, if you ask somebody that was 80, 90 years old, the overwhelming majority of the time, you know, if you ask them, what are you most proud of and what's, what, what are you, uh, most sad about? And I, I think the overwhelming majority of the time, that older person would say, I wish I would have took this opportunity. Not necessarily that they made the wrong decisions throughout life, but it's that they made, they didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had. Mm-hmm. And um, really capturing on that is is in that time maybe of singleness or or in that time in the relationship and arguments are natural. They're going to come. And taking that opportunity to um, respectfully respect your um, your significant other in that situation and really be like so in tune mentally of like, Yo, she may curl up on a ball in a ball when we're fighting and and just not not like reciprocate anything and not want to communicate right now. Whereas me, I'm like, I want to get this taken care of right now. I want to get it communicated right now. And in my position, it's my responsibility to be like, I know that's the way she deals with it. And I got to give her some grace because I know and I trust her that she will come back to have this conversation later. So there's that patience, that resiliency, you know? Yeah, well, for me, it was actually flipped. So I had a lot of time to learn. Uh, My first relationship being a long-term relationship, I was 18 years old when I got into this relationship. I was in that relationship for three years, and I, I had a lot of time to reflect on what mistakes I made. And I was the person that was trying to solve the issue when it happened and the other person didn't want to talk about it. And I, it was so frustrating for me that I can take responsibility. I can take ownership for, you know what? I push things when com- certain conversations were not meant to have. And then you're getting to a point where you're running around in circles. So mm-hmm. now after I've, you know, took the time, thought about, okay, that I don't want to take all the blame for why that did, why that relationship didn't work out. But now I'm trying to do everything in my power to make sure that I'm not repeating these cycles of, you know, what, why was I responding that way? What position was I putting myself in? How can I avoid having those type of scenarios happen? So I think as a woman or as a man, both people need to understand and be very patient with the other person and, and how the other person responds and how they, how they respond to certain situations, especially when they're under stress or under, um, under like a negative space mm-hmm. being able to understand the other person. Yeah. And I, I think that that's probably the importance. And I think a lot of people, they walk away from relationships and, and they're like, Oh, it was all them. It's all because of them. That's the reason why the relationship failed. And it's easy to do that because we inherently don't want to take responsibility for our actions inherently. Um, I I've been there a thousand times of not wanting to take responsibility for my actions, but the healthiest move in a time of singleness is, is that self-awareness of like, yo, I failed here. I failed here. I failed here. And not so much like living with a life in a manner of pure regret, but living a life in a manner of, I know that I did that and I know that I can do better. And so from this point forward, these are the steps that I'm going to take. And then you practice that. 
You practice it. Well, like, like even now in, in, in a time of singleness, I, I have, um, you know, friends that I'm in disagreements with right now. How do I, um, bring that conversation to the forefront, communicate what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling with them and develop a, a healthy way of reconciliation because that's key to any marriage, any relationship, you know? Especially when divorce rates are up over 50% today, everyone's having miscommunications, disagreements, and just saying, you know what, we're done. Versus our grandparents and great-grandparents that stood together and just figured out they didn't have perfect lives either. We weren't there to witness this, but we know that they weren't perfect. They had issues, but why why were the divorce rates so much lower than they are today so it's definitely having a lot of patience and understanding with with both parties to be able to say you know what this is what we're sticking to we we've devoted ourselves to one another we're going to do what it what it what is required for but, both of us to stick with it let's say somebody could say well you know times were different back then and and people were different you know yeah, and I, I don't think people were different. I don't think their emotions were different. They may have had different complexities of life, right? They may have had, uh, you know, a, a different type of job. They may have um, not had the conveniences of modern life like we have today that makes things super easy. But they still had emotions just like us, and they had to battle through those things. So um, it really comes down to, you know, where's our culture at? You know, how does our culture view conflict? Right now, uh, and maybe this is this maybe is a little bit off topic, but it comes from the the feminist um, um, mindset. Kind of is is the level of empathy um, in in conflict instead of resolution. Men often want to resolve, and and women often want to find more empathy in a way to compromise. And sometimes you actually need both of those things to actually find true reconciliation. I believe. Yeah, and those are things that you that you should have before you get into, you know what, we're going to get married, which I think is like common sense because I would want to say, okay, how do you perform under pressure? How would you respond if this happened or if that happened? But I'm surprised when I see people getting married and then they have issues and I'm like, like on TikTok is a great example. It's, it's everywhere. There's red flags everywhere on TikTok. Right. And I just think. How did, how did this not come up earlier in your relationship? This never came up as far as simple things that I would say, you know what, you guys should have at least had a discussion on. You can't prepare a thousand percent to how somebody's going to respond. But the most that you can do, like I'll use myself as an example, is let me find somebody who is going to fit the needs or have the have the similar mindset of how we want to attack life because every day every day we're supposed to be fighting for this life that we want it's not supposed to be easy like you said so being on the same page with somebody that's that's where you can start versus yeah they they didn't have the exact same uh mindset back then our grandparents but i think they they had similar situations that we're going through now yeah i think i think another important part of all this too is developing your 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 passion and what your purpose is i think uh a lot of people you know um i've been on a lot of dates throughout the last year and a lot of people when i ask them hey what's your five-year goal what's your 10-year goal and it's just like i don't know 
how how do we go through life without knowing what we want? I, I, I maybe that's just me and and being um analytical in that sense of like I want to be here by 35. I want to be here by 40. Like I have all these ideas of where I want to go. And the reason why I have all those ideas of where I want to go is because I want to effectively communicate. Not, not that like that's strenuous, like that has to happen 100%, but I want to effectively communicate where my mind is at right now. And so that you know what you're getting yourself into that I'm not, um, I'm not coming in here and hoping that you guide me through life. I want you to be a partner in my life. But that's because you recognize the male role and the female role. For a lot of women, again, speaking from my experience, a lot of women have been manipulated to believe that they have to have like certain goals in mind or like a five-year plan, which is important. But sometimes I think what happens is for me, I had this idea of if you told me, if you talked to me two years ago and asked me what my five-year plan was, that looks completely different than my five. My five-year plan today is in five years, I hope I'm married with a couple kids, at least, you know, that. Yeah. And then we can, we can work off of that. But the feminist movement, like the modern day 2022 feminist movement has really made it to where women have change their ideas of what their goals and what what is realistic for them women now can go out into the corporate world and you know reach high ranks and then it makes it very difficult for them to date or communicate effectively with somebody like you who is trying to find somebody that you that will allow them to be led because women don't really want to be led anymore they want to be the leaders they want to be the but, ones leading the man but subconsciously they want to be led Yes, I, 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 I believe subconsciously they want to be led, but but they have not come to the mental self-awareness yet where they recognize that they want to be led. Right there. Yeah, they it can't come out of their mouths that they want. That they're not going to accept that yet. I mean, it's 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 the same reason why, like, I, I, I think if I remember this correctly from a Pew Research study was something like 30 percent of women don't want to be approached by uh, men. Or, or excuse me, 30% of women won't approach men, but they expect men to approach them. Whereas men, 60% of them expect to approach the woman and 40% yeah. of men would like to be approached by women. And <clears throat> it kind of resonates with that a little bit because a woman wants to inherently see a man as confident enough to approach her. Now, you can go into the psychology and the details about, you know, well, this is a creepy way, blah, blah, blah. But that's not that's not really the the meaning behind that. It's just in, in simplicity, like she wants a man to take that lead in that situation, you know? Yeah, I, I think what it is is they're not allowing themselves or women are in survival mode, too, to where it, it takes time. It takes effort. And that's something that I did was really look look at the masculine traits that I, that I had that I didn't want to keep carrying in the real, in the new relationship whenever, you know, that, cause I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to be in a relationship. I just said, you know what? I don't like that. I do this or get mad or get upset when this happens. Let me do something about it. So, like I said earlier, as far as 
being the person who wanted to resolve the situation right when it happened, that was a masculine trait of mine that I had mm-hmm. to, okay, distinguish where that was coming from and how to prevent that from happening. But that has to take a, a level of willingness from any person if you want to make a change and, and do something outside of your comfort zone. It's going to require practice more than anything. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I often look at my purpose and kind of where I like to think I would like to be in life later on. And, you know, you said it yourself, like those things are subject to change over time, of course. I, I've always felt in me that like it would be running a business. Um, I did. I, I still don't know what that business is. Maybe it's podcasting and entertainment, or maybe it's building cornhole boards out in my garage. I have no clue what that is, but I, I feel such a, um, like a strong thing inside of me. And I have ever since I was a kid to be an entrepreneur. And so I'm, I'm driven in that aspect. Like I show up in here and I edit and, you know, do these, do the podcasts and, and all of that. But, but you know, over time, uh, talking about the change was I actually was running a cornhole business out in the garage and it was performing very well. Um, I, I tell you what, it was like 18, 19 hour days for me. I'd work my eight hour job and I'd come here and work another eight, eight to 10 hours and be dog tired all the time, ruined a relationship to be quite honest, because I was like overworking myself and not giving the attention that the relationship needed at the time. And, um, in that, you know, I got all these people around me that are like, well, yo, Levi, keep it up. This is awesome. Like, and I was, I was making money, yo, I was doing good. I was developing a community around it. I was about to partner up with a guy that does professional, um, cornhole tournaments. And I was going to be a sponsor for boards and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And all of it's like in this moment of success, I'm still unhappy. And, and I was unhappy because I didn't feel that this was applicable to what God has put on my heart. And I think maybe this is where like the podcasting comes in is because through podcasting, I'm really able to get that off of my chest and apply some worldviews, some perspectives that I have into this world that maybe encourages others. You know, I, I get it all the time and Sam, you probably get this too. I'm not sure, but I get this all the time. Like what you said I think about all the time. I just don't know how to say that to come out, you know? Do you, do you, have you ever got that comment before? Like what I'm saying is something that is in people's minds, but hasn't found a way to be communicated yet. Right. Yeah. I think that people, it's, it's a, it's a balance between like, the words haven't really found themselves. Actually, now that you now that you say it and I'm thinking about it, more recently I have been. And that's because it's I've had time to just practice. Because yeah. this this is a like more uncut version of what we're doing right now where we're just bouncing ideas off of each other and communicating and I'm trying to communicate my words to a to a level that is simplified but is just like straight to the point. But that only comes with practice. So I, I yeah. think that it, it's just, yeah, it's just practice. Yeah. And I, I like when I started out podcasting, like the very first episode, I sound like an idiot. Okay. I still keep it up because let's say hypothetically, you know, two, three years down the road, 150, 200 episodes in, and somebody's like, I want to listen to Levi's very first episode. I want that person to go back and say, yo, Levi was an idiot. 
but look at how good he does now. And, and take that not as a sense of, you know, ego on my end, but a, a sense of like, you can do it. You can do it. It's like, I, I, uh, I made a post the other day, courageously be foolish, courageously be foolish. Now it doesn't mean foolishly be stupid. Okay. Like, like, like don't have this idea. Um, there, there's unrealistic thoughts in life that we all have and, and honing in on that, uh, comes back to the kind of the self-awareness a little bit, but honing in that, that there's some irrational beliefs. Like if, if I said to myself at 27 years old, I'm going to play in the NBA, like, <laughs> come on now. I, I, maybe, maybe if I go to the gym every single day, but, but let's, let's, let's look at, um, you know, what's more likely to happen now? Levi's going to be a professional podcaster than a professional basketball player. So, <laughs> um, so, so, you know, kind of like, but, but, but foolishly in that time, courageously go for it. Um, right. but, but you have, you have to be a little naive to believe that, you know what, people are going to care about what I say, or people are going to actually pay attention or take the time out of their day to listen to an episode or a TikTok video. You just have to be willing to look a little silly, look a little foolish, and be be on in a positive mindset that you're going to learn, you're going to grow. Not everybody's going to agree with you, and that's just part of what you're supposed to do. You don't want everybody to agree with you either way, and that's okay to look dumb because everybody looks dumb as they're learning how to do something. Yeah. And you have to be okay with criticism too. You know, yeah. criticism is, is huge with both of us and, and the things that we talk about. Uh, I've been criticized by family. I've been criticized by close family friends. I've been criticized by friends. I've been, I haven't been criticized by coworkers. Thank God. I, I don't know if they even listen to it, which would be odd if they did, because I still feel weird about that. You know, it's like, ugh, kind of cringy. I don't want them to watch it. Um, <laughs> Do you get weirded out when, when, you know, people in real life, like your friends or maybe your coworkers, if you know that they've listened to it, is it like, that's your online personality? You're obviously the same person, but. For, for some people. Yeah. And, and I also, you know, saying that I get this, um, from a few of my friends they are like, Levi, I know that you're 100% yourself behind the, the mic and the camera. It's like, I have these conversations with you, dude, like I already know, and it would just be me listening to it again. So I get that. But then inside, I'm also like, man, I don't feel supported because they're not listening. And they're like my core group, you know, all of that stuff. Um, but, but, but all of that, all of that right there, all that conversation is important because you're going to be going through that in a relationship. You're going to be going through that in marriage, right? You're going to have times when maybe you know, you want to do something that your significant other or wife doesn't um, fully support you doing that at the time. And um, hopefully you can communicate enough or at least get them on the same page as you to the degree that they're going to want to go down that path with you and support you through it. And, but, but being okay that there's going to be those moments that, yeah, you know, you're going to be criticized like I said in the last episode, I, I want a wife so I can be like, hey, do I look like an idiot here? Again, I'm almost going to do that every episode now. But do I look <laughs> like an idiot here? Um, I, I, I want to know. I, I want that communication. Um, but I'm, I'm asking a question, you know, that that some people, if they ask that question, the, the answer was honest. Yes, you look like an idiot. Then they would be offended by that. 
So I have to let that ego go and just be like, you know what? I, I, I trust her perspective on it. I trust my friend's perspectives on um, what they say about this. And also I understand if they're like, this is where that confidence comes from too, is like, I have to be okay with, you know, they don't like it because they don't like the message. Not because they, not because I didn't do a good job at delivering the message. Right. Yeah, exactly. I get that a lot too. And that's, that's an important factor too, as far as I can only speak for myself, but me being a woman and finding myself to be very comfortable in whatever man that I choose. Hold on. Sam, is there anything else you want to add to this topic though? This topic in general, I'm glad we're having it because if I would have heard two people with different backgrounds talking about this a year or two years ago, I think it would have helped me a lot. Now, we don't have the perfect views. They're just our own perspectives based off our own experience. So people need to make their own judgments about what's going to work for them. But we're really, I am really confident that somebody can take something of value from the conversation that we've had, even if it's just one piece and somebody feels motivated to, you know what, go out and buy a book or buy a course that they think is going to help them best. Then I think I'm, I'm happy. I'm personally very happy with the conversation that we're having because I know it needs to get out there. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming on again, Sam. It was, it was awesome. By the way, I did not say it at the beginning of the episode, but this is SNL hot takes. Sam came up with hot takes and uh, yeah, it stands for not Saturday night live, but it stands for Sam and Levi. So (laughs) try, try, try to keep it original, but in the bottom of the description is the links to all of Sam's social media accounts. Go shoot her a follow, watch some of her content. Awesome, effective communicator she is and, and has awesome content and will really um, get you to kind of learn some things about, uh, per se feminism. That's kind of what she's surrounded around, at least on TikTok. And so uh, go give her a follow. Give me a follow over on Instagram or TikTok or any other social media platform. My links will be in the bottom of the description as well. Please go shoot the Veritas 21 podcast, a follow on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, leave a Apple podcast review. Let us know what we can do better, how we can uh, effectively communicate to you better or certain topics you would like us to bring up. And you guys have a great rest of your day, week, or whenever this is posted, and God bless. Bye.